Yes. <laughs> Have you ever been through something real? A moment that you wanted to hold on to forever. Something that was worth fighting for. A moment when heaven and earth seemed to touch. Glennon Doyle Melton says, I think what we're supposed to do down here is to bring heaven to earth. And I saw that happen once. I experienced heaven on earth. Now, Glennon was referring to an experience that she had had as she rode to raise funds for HIV AIDS. A little backstory on, on Glennon. Glennon agreed to ride in a 280-mile-long bike ride from North Carolina to Washington, D.C. Glennon didn't own a bike. <laughs> the last time she rode one, she was seven years old. Now, Dana, the friend that she agreed to ride with, kept inviting Glennon to train with her as they prepared for this race, for this ride. And Glennon explained to her that she was training. It was just through visualization. <laughs> she shared that at least she quit smoking and drinking in order to prepare for this arduous ride. The only challenge with that was that she quit at 2 a.m. the morning of the ride. <laughs> she said that this quitting method was a lot less helpful than her drinking buddies had promised her. <laughs> it was a three-day ride, 100 miles a day in 95-degree weather. On the first day, Glennon says her buttocks blistered and she became acquainted with a product called butt paste. <laughs> she showered, she showered with others in a mobile showering truck and she got to sleep in a field. It rained overnight and she found out that her tent leaked. She said that she spent the majority of her days pedaling and crying, and crying, and pedaling. But on day three of the ride, Glennon noticed that there were some mountains out in the distance. She prayed that the route would not go over them, but as she rounded the bend, she realized that it, that exactly what she was about to, to do. She made it over the first eight or nine of these mountains, but then in the distance, she saw a one that she knew that she could not overcome. She said, she prayed, WTF, God, really? Another freaking mountain now? Now when things are already going so dang bad? Now when I'm trying to do something good, something nice? She didn't want to quit. She knew she couldn't. She said her soul was willing, but her body was close to dead. She writes, Then a thin, gray-skinned, baldish man on his own bike rode up beside me. 
The man had hollow cheeks and eyes that were set too far back, like caves. His leg muscles looked painted on, just muscle and bone. So skinny and small, like a jockey with a vicious flu. I made confused eye contact with the grayish man, and he put his hand on my back. He read my pain and said, just rest. I'll push you. And I cried. And I rested my legs, and I let myself be carried. I didn't understand how he was doing it. He was pushing me up the hill, riding his bike and my bike, one hand on his handlebars and another on my back. But slowly, together, we made it to the top. And I squeaked out a thank you. And he looked right at me with his cavey eyes and he said, thank you. Then he turned away from me. He rode back down the hill to carry another rider who couldn't carry himself. And I turned back to watch him go and saw that there were at least 20 of these angels. 20 men with hands on the backs of other women, of men twice their size, pushing them forward and upward. They stayed at the bottom of the biggest hills along the route. The mountains they knew we'd never climb on our own, and they carried us, one at a time, then back down for another and another, and another, till we were all on the other side of the mountain, together. I later learned that they were called the AIDS angels. They were so sick. Many were dying of AIDS. But they were at every AIDS ride nationwide, waiting to help the healthy riders over the mountains. Do you see? They were dying. But they were the strongest ones. The weak will be strong. I still don't understand, but when those men carried me to the tops of those mountains, I felt heaven. These men, these eight angels, helped Glennon and all the other riders to hold on, to finish the ride. They couldn't complete the whole ride themselves, but they could do this. They could offer this gift, this moment of grace, this touch of heaven. These men showed up for the riders because Glennon and Dana and the other healthy riders had shown up from a place of love. At the end of the ride, eight angels and riders alike collapsed, 
crying into each other's arms, and it didn't matter anymore if they were gay or straight or young or old or healthy or sick. They recognized the divinity that resided within each one of them. They'd been through something real. They had held on because it was worth fighting for. She said, it hurt like hell, but we finished it together. That's what holding on is about. Using what you have, using the gift, whatever that may be for something real, something worth fighting for to experience heaven right here, right now. Paul encourages us in our scripture today to use what we've been given to experience that something real here in community. It says, so I ask you to make full use of the gift that God gave you when I placed my hands on you. Use it well. God's spirit doesn't make cowards out of us. The spirit gives us power, love, and self-control. I believe that's what Elizabeth Gilbert was trying to tell Glennon in our contemporary reading. She was saying that if you use, fully use your gifts of truth-telling, then that is something that you have to continue fighting for because it creates an environment in which God can be present and we can be real with each other. And maybe, just maybe, through her gifts, she can teach us to touch heaven too. I know this last Wednesday night during our class on Carry On to Embrace the Power of Your Messy Beautiful Life, we talked about the AIDS angel story and several others. We were discussing what it means to live out loud authentically, what it means to see the divine within ourselves and each other. We discussed how our lives, our church, our city, our world would change if we just did that one thing. We talked about what our lives would look like if we lived without regret, without shame, we discussed allowing ourselves the grace and the wisdom of accepting as truth. When you know better, you do better. And what do it mean to stop critiquing our past with the knowledge of today? We discussed how different it would be if we used our unique set of gifts, the ones that God gave us, recognizing that it would make us both vulnerable and strong at the exact same time. And then one of our classmates asked, well, what if all of my gifts are sour? And without missing a beat, another answered, so what if God made you vinegar? It takes vinegar to make salad dressing yummy. Without the vinegar, who would want a salad drenched in olive oil? Your gifts make a difference, so hold on. Your life and your gifts are needed here. They are worth fighting for. We experienced a moment of grace, an extension of love from one person to another, 
and the veil between heaven and earth grew very thin in that moment. I had another one of those heaven moments recently. A little over two weeks ago, I was able to spend three days with my mother as I watched the veil between heaven and earth draw thin. I'd promised my mother that since she had been with me at my first breath, that I would be with her at her last. In her last lucid moments, she told me that she loved me and that she was proud of me. She told me to hold on to my faith and to keep sharing the gospel. A moment of heaven, right? Over the last 18 months, you, all of you, have offered a space to experience heaven here and now as you helped me hold on as Cassandra and I journeyed with my mother through her passage and her challenge with cancer. Through your love expressed in matzo ball soup and hugs and cards and your overwhelming presence at her funeral last Saturday. And your prayers surrounding us. You all have been what has kept me, Cassandra, and our family holding on. And for all of us, I just want to say thank you. Because you've given me so much, I want to share with you a word from my mother about holding on. Three weeks before she transitioned, I asked her if she had a word of wisdom for me to keep in the days ahead. And she said this. What's the piece of wisdom that you'd like for me to have forever? Uh, to love God. All right. Anything else? That's it? When you have that, so you can all the rest of it don't fall in line. So... It's going to make you love your neighbor, your friends. And you, anything you don't want done to you, don't do it to your neighbor. Because it's coming back. That's okay. all I have to say. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Love God and your neighbor. That's all she has to say. People of resurrection, for 45 years we have held on because each one of us has been worth fighting for. We all have gifts that we can offer here in ministry in this place where we can be ourselves, oil and vinegar alike. And maybe, just maybe, we can open a space for someone to experience heaven here and now, to experience grace, to experience love, to learn that they are worth fighting for. 
so that they will have the strength to hold on. Amen.